as you're aware, we're on this, um, our season four this year of know, grow, go. And we're just in the last um, quarter on go. What does it mean to go? What, it is, what is it for us? And uh, I was, I was just, I've been thinking about this and really got stirred, um, f- really from God, of his encouragement to us, which is, for an, I would say it's an American expression more than an English one. We will, in England, be a little bit more reserved and say, well done, chap, enjoy it, have fun. But you here, you just go, go for it. There's something in the, whatever it is, the culture in America that says nothing will stop us, let's go for it. It's clearly from the heart of God to go for it. So I just want to, that's what I want to focus on it, that we are in this season to go for it. And what is in keeping in this house is that we'll have in that expression, go for it, G-O-F-O-R-I-T. So I have one of those things for each of it for us. Just so I don't rock your world that it's an English-speaking person, we've got it. Go for it. So the first one, first G, is he himself, God. Because just as Wes was expressing his total admiration, love, pouring everything out that he had, I believe that has to be our first, and that is our first and primary calling, that we love the Lord our God with all our heart, our soul, our mind, our strength, our money, our time, our enjoyment, our fun, our prayer, our worship, everything that's in it says you are number one. And that is the base. That is our baseline. And God loves and runs to that, that he, for him, we are his number one. All of us together, there is no first, second, and third. We're just all number one. And that's God's heart for us, and our heart to him is, God, it's you and you alone. And no matter what we do, wherever we go, whatever we are involved with, that has to be our undermining, underlying thing. God, 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 you alone, you're first. And that's what God's commandment to us. And the second commandment to us is that we should love one another. And I was astounded by the amount of references that are related to this. John 13, 34, a new commandment I give to you, love one another as I have loved you. So you must love one another. By this everyone will know you are my disciples if you love one another. Romans 12, 10, be devoted to one another in love. Honor one another above yourselves. Romans 13, 8, let no debt remain outstanding except the continuing debt to love one another. 2 Corinthians and off and on and on and on and on we go. That God's heart for us in having first loved him is to love one another. And that demonstrates something of who God is through me to you and through him from you to me. So I, just as I was thinking about this, it, it's a, in one sense, it's a strange group of words. Now, I'm sure there's, well, there may be an English major in here can explain to me, but it is to love one another. We just refer to one. Now, we all know what that means. It's us. But it's really that we love one and then we love another. And the first person to us to love is ourselves. 
and then we love another. But it also relieves us of the pressure of thinking, oh, this is huge, because God's plan is again, we love him first, we love ourselves, and then we love this person, then this person, then this person, then this person. And that is something that we can do. So it's for, for us to do, to love one another. It's vital for us because I think that changes our relationship with one another. Is if we have a love for one another, no matter what actually happens, that is our guiding principle. That's the bedrock that we have that says, I love you no matter what. Which is very easy to say, especially when things are great. But it's actually, I love you no matter what you're like, no matter what you may have said, no matter what you may have done. I love you. Because that's God's heart to us, isn't it? Is that he just loves us, full stop, period, as you guys say. God loves us. And that changes everything. That means my relationship with you, our relationship with one another, is not based upon what you do and how you are to me, but how he sees you and how I then see you and how you see me. So if I don't get it right all the time, it doesn't cause a problem I will seek and will want to be a people who move from glory to glory, that we're not making things wrong, but it doesn't discount us. Just in fellowship and in relationship with one another, it means that that's the overriding thing, no matter what it is. I love you. We love together. And that is what demonstrates to the world what God is like. A long, uh, quite, well, a long time ago, um, before I met Keris, I had a little sweetheart at school. Um, who she, she does know about, so this is nothing new. Sorry, it was before you weren't even born. Well, yes, you were, sorry. You weren't even on my radar at all. And uh, I thought it was a good, I was sweet on this girl, and it was, it, was, uh, it was a good idea to take her along to the youth group. So I did, she came along. And what was fascinating with me, or what was fascinating, is the one thing that she said about everything else was, I cannot believe people like this, get on so well. That just seeing how people were, no matter what was going on, is that actually the people in the youth group at that time actually loved one another. She didn't know what the verbiage was for it, but that was what actually witnessed to her. And at the time she said, that is something which we just don't have, we just don't see. We clearly didn't get married because I met my wonderful wife later on afterwards. But it was a testimony of God's love through us as just a group of young kids that just hung out together. And I believe that's a powerful illustration, a power demonstration of who God actually is to people. Sometimes we wonder, well, what should I say? How should I do this? But the word is very clear that that's how men will know him, and that will be a demonstration of God's love to us as to how we love one another, how we are together what it is, what's, what's involved in us, how we relate to one another, how we encourage one another, how we spur one another on, how we are patient with one another, kind with one another. All of the, all of the um, descriptive words of love, that places on us a responsibility and a demonstration of how we should be. The next one is F, full of grace and truth. G wouldn't have worked with grace and truth, but it's just full of grace and truth. And again, that is something which God has called us to do, just to be, just how we are. So again, in loving one another, what it does is it says to me, 
actually, I just want to extend grace to you. Not that it's woolly, and it's not that it just ignores everything, because alongside of that is truth. But truth harnessed with grace causes a transformation to happen, because it says, I love you so much, I won't let you get away with something. But in doing that, it's not to correct or anything like that, but it's to say, I love you, and I want what's best for you. Through me and my relationship with you, and you in your relationship with me, is we want the best together. So we're full of grace, we're full of truth, and we continue to love one another. The fourth thing, you see we're rattling through this, but there's a big one at the end, um, is to offer ourselves. Romans 12, it says, Therefore I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. But it starts from a place of me offering myself, just again as we've been in worship, just offering ourselves to God. All I am, all I have, everything about me belongs to you. Everything that I am, God, it's yours. It's yours. And you know, it's one of the strange things is we want to hold on to stuff. And I would just, just query us. The things that we hold on to are usually the things that aren't really that important. But actually, what we need to do is just give it all to God. Let everything go. Hold nothing back. And he says, thank you. I'll take all of that. Now have all of me. You see, if there's part of me left in me, there's a place that God can't go. But if there's nothing left of me, there's only one person who will be here, and that's him. That's fantastic. That is absolutely fantastic. That I give everything away, but I gain everything itself. And what I give away is just something of me. What I get in return is something of him. What an exchange. What an exchange. Ah. Remember the word, or as are, as I normally say, but remember the word. And I think this is for particularly for us as a church is is vital. I can honestly say this: I have not been I've not been a church hopper, careless myself, been involved in three different churches. But for us here, I have never been in a place where the word has been so specific for us as a congregation. Just to recap, we're in this building because of a word. What we're doing is a result of a word. What we're, what we're pursuing and the things that we're going for as a result of a word. And you know, there's a responsibility on us that says, God, I'm going to remember your word. Because remembering the word when things are happening according to the word is fantastic. And I love that. So youth come pouring in. Things are happening. Healings are taking place. Things which we know to be true are happening. It's very easy to remember the word. The challenge for us is to say, God, I don't see this yet. But, and this is the thing, but I see this with the eyes of faith. And I would encourage us, that's where our prayer should be, would be in light of God's word, this is how we pray. Just to give you an example of that, um, we had a, I had a difficult time in um, January just with our business. And uh, for, for me, it, it did shake me a little bit because it was kind of like, this isn't looking good. This isn't looking good at all. Um, and I was thinking, what's going to happen? 
You know, there was, there, was that, there was that fear that crept in. But God gave us the business in the first place. That I'm certain on his, and his word came to give that, make it happen. So we had that, and that is what I went back on. God, your word says, you will prosper us. We will reap when we've sown. And everything that was true of his word was happening there. And a transformation happened that said, okay, God, I understand what your word says. I take a hold of it by faith, but nothing happened. January happened, no changes. February happened, no changes. We're just bouncing along. March happened, no changes. April happened, still no changes. May happened, still no changes. But throughout it all, what was changing was me. What was changing was my expectation of what God was going to do. Because God had said he was going to bless us, he was going to multiply us, and he was going to release things. And so um, my prayer to him became one of expectation rather than one of desperation. And that, what I believe, is something for us as a congregation. We see and understand what God's word is, and we take a hold of it and say, God, we're pursuing you out of expectation of what he's going to bring. Then in, it was probably during that time, Aaron brought me a picture of a word. And it was of a child's uh, play, water playground with a big vat on it. Is that, is that, do you understand what that is? Is that an English word? Bucket. Okay, we'll go with that. Huge big bucket that's been filled up, just, just a little trickle in it. But it was the point of it had got right to the top and it was about to tip over. And at the time, I said to her, I'm not going to tell you what that means because I want to share with you when the fulfillment of that happens for your encouragement. So we went through, May happened, June happened, and then July. Then July. And that is the then suddenly, then God. Because what happened was effectively the work that came in doubled and it stayed there ever since June, July, August, September, October, November. And the picture was is that you will have more than you can possibly deal with. And last week we turned three jobs away because we couldn't handle them. Which is a testimony to God and his grace. He will watch over his word. I believe we're in this place because of a word. We've moved from a place downtown, not very far from us. We're in a place where God said there will be the old and the new. We're in a place where God said this was built for the purpose of housing revival. That's its legacy, and it'll be God will do it again. Because that was, I'm sure, his word at the time to those people during that time is God's going to bless it, he's going to make it fruitful, and he's going to multiply it. What God has done before, he will do again. So our, our, if you like, our importance is to remember that. And I would encourage you, just encouraging us, when we're talking about that, remind ourselves of the word that God, of God has for us. Because it puts things, everything, into a different perspective. So when there are things to be done, just, just like it is at the moment, setting all up the whole, the whole stage and all, everything that work that goes onto that, it can become tiresome, it can become, tiresome. It, it can become um, just difficult. It's something that we have to do. But when we understand this is all part of a purpose of serving God for our generation in this time to see the word that he has said come to pass, then it changes it. 
it still may be getting up early, it still may be doing this, but actually there's a joy in there that says, God, we're with you. We're doing this together. We're pursuing you. We're expectant of what you're going to do, and we're going to play our part to it. Now we're on to I for inheritance. This is something which I've really become aware of. I think I probably just shared it, uh, some of it just on uh, last week. Uh, when we were in, in Bath, Pete and Barbie were there, and um, that's Dan's mum and dad, and they had secured through their generation the, build, the huge building there in, in Bath, and we now enjoy that. We enjoy what they have sown and what they've laboured of, and it was a question of honouring them for what had, been, what had gone on before. For me then to work out, okay, that's fantastic. What do I do in my generation that prepares for those that come after? Because that was their, that was their heart. We're going to do this now, but we're going to prepare something for God's plan and purpose in the city of Bath that will still be here after they've gone. They're still here, but it's still it's moving forward. It's handed down. So there's an important thing, on, I believe, on us to understand we are part of an eternal purpose. That God, when this building, if you just talk about the building, when this building was built, it was built to house, I understand, a revival. It was built for the purpose. And people will have sacrificed because their understanding and expectation that God was going to do something. We now have the benefit of that. But my challenge is, what am I doing to say, God, I want to see your plan and purpose in this generation. Thank you, and I honor those that have done it before. But what is it for me? What is it for me now? What is it for us now together? We pursue God and says, God, open the heavens. God, let things be according to your word. Let's see this place filled with people passionately worshipping God, servicing, serving God, and just having a massive impact in this place for God's glory, not for something for us, but something for Him that says, God, this was your word. This was your word that you've declared. This is your word of decreed. I want to be a part of seeing that come to pass. So it's what is our inheritance. Then finally, T. This is the big one. As, we're, as, in fact, was already prayed, together, together in unity. What does that look like? You see, the thing that's important, I believe, with unity is what it does is it commands God's blessing, but it also protects the seed that God has released in this place. You see, we have, we've got a model beforehand of a bunch of people who left where they were enslaved and where they were imprisoned and went out on a word from God that very clearly said, you're going to go to this place and you're going to, go to a land flowing with milk and honey, a great place. That was the word that they had. That was the seed that they had, which they carried right throughout their journey, and that was the Israelites. But... The lesson for us is realizing that when they came to the place of the final testing, when they were about to go over into the promised land, they came back with different opinions of what was available to them. What they saw was something different. 
and as a result of that, they have to go off another wandering 40 years until a load of them have died out. Now, I do not believe, and I declare it right now, that we are going to be a people who take what God's Word said and we're going to perform it. We don't need to all die off and let somebody else take on the Word. It's going to be something that we own together. And that's the important thing for us. And in that loving God, loving one another, that produces a unity in us, keeping God's Word clearly on our lips, declaring that's what God says, this is what's going to happen in this place, and it will produce an excitement. I'm excited about that, is seeing something of what God is going to do. And we love what we're doing, flying back and forth, but what's great is we have the privilege of seeing God operating in Bath and God operating in St. Charles. Two different plans, two different purposes, but the same God. And the sole intention, though, is still to see the kingdom of God coming in the place where it's at. And I believe that's what God has for us. Together in unity, as, as has been prayed, it, God commands the blessing and it keeps our vision clear. That we say, God, we hear what you're doing, we see what you're doing, with a clear vision, we have a clear purpose. It sets the agenda, it removes everything that says, God, we're after you. Together we're after you. In unity, we're after you. And nothing else will deflect us from it. Unity brings blessing and life forevermore. And from that clear vision and the clear purpose of unity, that is how we change the world. That is how we have the influence. That is where we see God's blessing come. That is where we see God's rule and God's kingdom come. That's what it's about. That's who he is. And that's what I have to share.